Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we aim to inspire you, to connect you with like-minded colleagues, to innovate and push you out of your comfort zone, to create robust debate, to encourage lifelong learning, and to empower you to create more impact as a dietitian. Welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Marie Folks and I'm the founder and director of Dietitian Connection. And I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where you are listening and I pay respects to their elders past and present. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are here with us today. Well, today we have a very, very special guest, um, Dr. Jane Winter, our very own Dr. Jane Winter from Dietitian Connection. It's a great pleasure to have her with us today. Um, just for those, I'm sure you're all familiar, but for those who aren't, Jane is an accredited practicing dietitian and the account director at Dietitian Connection. Jane brings several decades of experience in clinical community, industry, and academic dietetics to Dietitian Connection. And in addition to her dietetic qualifications, Jane holds a master's of professional education and training from Deakin University. And in 2017, completed her PhD in the area of nutritional risk in community-based older adults. And I'm super excited and such a pleasure to have you joining us today, Jane. We're turning the tables on you. You're normally our um, podcast extraordinary queen. And, now you <laughs> and get it feels to be on weird. The, <laughs> it feels weird to be on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for joining us. Um, so I thought we'd go way, way back. Not too far, but... Yeah. Why did you choose to become a dietitian? It is a long way back. Um, when I ask this question of people, they often say, oh, I loved food and I love science and it was a natural you know, combination and I always wanted to do it. Me, not so much. I did a science degree when I finished school and, to be honest, didn't really know what I was going to do with that science degree. And uh, my dear mother said, oh, what about dietetics? And I'm pretty sure neither of us really knew what a dietitian actually did. Um, I don't even know where she heard it from. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea. So I applied. It took me two years to get in um, and then uh, got accepted to Flinders University and always feel like um, in those days it was a hard copy application, nothing electronic, and mm. um, always feel like maybe my application was like accidentally paper clipped to the one in front of me and that's that's how I managed to get in but anyway the rest is history got into the course uh and and did dietetics at Flinders I forget because your sister's in the health industry as well did she come yes. before you or after you yeah before me she's before a physio you. and yeah. my mum's a nurse yeah yeah so your mum had it all sorted yeah, yeah. so <laughs> my poor father was hit with all these healthcare professionals telling him what he should be doing and he managed to ignore all of us <laughs> Um, so then what was your first job and where, where did your sort of career go from, from there when you became a fully-fledged dietitian? Mm, well, it's been a sort of a meandering road trip of a career. Um, first job was at Flinders Medical Centre in Adelaide and they had a couple of graduate positions and, you know, we had a massive cohort back then of I think there were 13 of us in the course mm. um, and at the time of the interviews at Flinders, most of our group 
went to Canberra because the DAA conference, annual conference, was in Canberra. And so they all headed off there. So I think literally there was a very small pool that actually got interviewed for the job. And so that was where I started. My first full-time job was at Flinders uh, Medical Centre. Uh, and I worked in endocrinology was the main area. And I remember the endocrinologist there was very keen on community engagement. So uh, as a new graduate, he had me up doing a presentation on a public day just for about diabetes to the community, which was terrifying as a new graduate because, you know, they got hundreds of people in this big lecture theatre. Um, but anyway, that was exciting and gave me great experience. Uh, after a couple of years at Flinders, I moved to Victoria and got a job at a hospital which was the precursor to Monash Health, uh, Monash Medical Centre in Melbourne, and that was called Prince Henry's Hospital. So I was there for a couple of years, moved back to South Australia, had a number of more clinical and community positions, moved back to Victoria um, and went back into clinical, but then um, moved on to Deakin University in sort of a very part-time job organising placements, stayed there for probably, I think it was nearly 10 years in the end, um, then a little more clinical, some public health, and then industry um, for another 10 years. Uh, and, of course, that has all led me to the joy of working on the Dietitian Connection team. So would there be... Um... Did you like different aspects of all of those different jobs? I did, and I think they all, you know, everything you do prepares you for the next, the next stage in your life. And it was, it's roughly divided into thirds. About a third of my dietetic career was clinical, and then academic, and then industry. And clinical now, the very thought of walking into a hospital horrifies me I just and I was a fainter so like I, there were several times I actually passed out um, when I was at work loved the multidisciplinary aspect loved working with the other members of the team really enjoyed that more than anything else I think at a, at a in a hospital setting uh, community wasn't really me uh, and then academic I loved that as well really loved that um, and yeah, so I think I've enjoyed aspects of them all. And I look back and I think I'm just so fortunate to have been able to work in so many different aspects of dietetics. So I say the great thing about dietetics is you can have multiple careers yes. within the one profession. Yeah, there's not many professions I think you can really do that. No, and have interruptions in your career too and still come Yeah, so speaking of that, you know, you had three beautiful boys along the way. How did you manage that? Yeah, well, for the, for the mums out there, I think I reassure young women or men too, but who have young children now that you can take a break without really compromising your career. You don't have to be completely focused on it. And you know, I sort of think it's a bit of a J-shaped curve. And when I had um, my youngest son, I was a deacon at that time, and the other two times we actually moved into state when either I was pregnant or very young baby, so I actually didn't have jobs to go back to. Um, with Jack, I think I took maybe six or nine weeks off, not very much because I just fit into Deakin University student yeah. timetable. Um, and then, you know, over time when I moved on into an industry setting, 
changes happened at home and it just meant that I had the opportunity then to sort of uh, develop that part of my career again and work more and travel a bit more, which wasn't really open to me earlier and really led on to a whole new career, I feel like. Um, you know, like my PhD was post all those children. I was a bit of a late starter when it came to thinking about PhD. And so I think you just don't need to be concerned that career is not your focus. For a couple of years, you have to, it goes on the back burner. It's fine. It'll still be there. And if you have, you know, the skills and the networks, then you can make your way back into it. Yeah, I remember my boss at um, Abbott, who sadly passed away now, she said the same thing. Like, yeah, there's time for family and then there's time for yeah. a career afterwards. Yeah. And I think you don't have to be in a hurry. And, you know, I just feel like don't miss out on those precious years. And it, but even if you take a break for, you know, if you wanted to volunteer overseas or you're caring for older people in your life, you know, it doesn't have to be children that you're having that break for. I just don't think that you completely suffer. Um, there'll be something for you. Yeah, yeah, it's a good good learning. So you mentioned your PhD. Why did you then decide to do your PhD <laughs> well, and how did that come about? Well, it's funny because, you know, I worked in an academic setting and there was a big push to PhDs then and really PhDs are your sort of entry-level qualification mm. now in academia. But I just always felt, oh, I don't know about research. I don't know what to do. I'm not clever enough. I'm just, you know, I couldn't do a PhD. And it was actually when I was at Nestle Health Science and we were doing some work around sustagen and looking at community um, undernutrition of older adults and at that time, my husband had actually been made redundant from his job. And so I was thinking, okay, well, if I wanted to go back to academia, then I probably need a PhD. But I also kind of wanted to be an expert in something. I can really be have a really in-depth knowledge of it. So for some reason, I decided that, yep, yeah, I, I could do a PhD. I said again to my younger son, he was just starting high school gave him the joyous news that this is what I was doing and we'd probably be at university together. <laughs> the look on his face was sheer horror. Um, anyway, so I embarked on it. I called Carol Nelson, who I had worked with at um, Deakin, and said, and, you know, she had a lot of interest in um, nutrition ageing and said to her, I'm kind of thinking of it, you know, what do you think? And she was very enthusiastic and all I really knew was that I was interested in community older adults and nutritional risk there I didn't really know what I was doing or what I didn't have a project in mind and so off we went and we started um and it was probably a little bit of a reactive PhD so she started off and said oh why don't you do a literature review on BMI and older adults so that's where we started and then managed to do some studies in uh, primary care in GP practice to look at nutrition risk screening um, and it sort of it went on from there. So it was the worst and best part of my career. <laughs> there were times when I just thought I'm going to die of a heart attack in the middle of the night waiting for the reviews of your papers to come back because they're an international journal, so you knew that the emails would come in the middle of the night. It was terrible. Um, but then, you know, finally got to graduation and uh, it was it was amazing. It still feels like probably the most amazing achievement um, of my career. So you talked about publications there. I mean, I'd forgotten that you 
you've got an AJCN, American yeah. Journal of Clinical Nutrition. It's like the epitome of publications. So, and I remember the first, if anyone's trying to submit papers, the first review came back, and there were like five pages, six pages of reviews, and I just looked at it and thought oh, my God, I'm never going to make this right. And Carol, to her credit, said, no, Jane, they really want to publish it. If they've gone to that much trouble to give you that much feedback, they want to publish it. And we go, okay, took a deep breath. We went back. We had to reanalyze it. Like it was really like starting from scratch with the statistics again. But, of course, it made it a better paper and and a more robust paper. Um, But you do need a bit of a thick skin to navigate that. tips for the dietitians that might be considering on the fence about doing a PhD? I would totally advocate for it. It's like it's like when you hear stars talk about reality TV and they go, oh, yeah, it was terrible. I, oh, I was, you know, trolled and everything. And they go, would you do it again? They go, in a heartbeat. And, and I would. And I did it by publication, which I, when you're doing it part-time works quite well because you've got that much time to get things published. But it certainly made putting together your final um, write-up much easier because everything's already been peer-reviewed. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot that the assessors can really say about it if it's been accepted into, into journals. So, um, look, it's painful, but, yeah, as I said, it, it was probably just the best. The graduation day was just awesome. You know, I still look back on it and think it was amazing. You know, my mum came. Um, I made my sons all come. Uh, they had no idea what... Um, the PhD was on, except they knew it wasn't on sport, so it didn't really interest them that much. But um, had them all there, and it was it was amazing. Mm. I used to say it was the three P's. I can't was um, patience, perseverance. <laughs> I don't know what the third one was. Maybe it was pain or <laughs> yeah. Well, definitely. I remember someone saying to me about PhDs. It really is just perseverance. It's mm. just being able to stick at it. And you go to the introductory session, and they go you know, um, only two out of three of you will complete your PhD. And I sat there, looked at the people on either side of me and thought, well, poor one of you because <laughs> it's not going to be me that's not going to complete it. I'm going to complete it. Um, so, yeah, it is about perseverance for sure. Um, but, yeah, definitely worth it. So, I mean, you've had so many fantastic experiences in a lot of different areas in your career as a dietitian. What and you've talked about the PhD being a low light and a highlight. What were some other career highlights? So when I was at Nestle Health Science, I was there for about 10 years and I started off just um, very part-time, six-month contract. But after I finished my PhD, it just happened to be that same year, 2017, I uh, was offered the opportunity to do a assignment in Switzerland. So headed off... Um, packed my bags, um, left the family and lived in um, Lausanne uh, at Nestle head office. um, I didn't live at Nestle um, head office, but um, I went there and worked there for three months, which was just incredible, like incredible to work in an an office that's international, um, that you have people from so many parts of the world there, Incredible, obviously, to look out your window and look over Lake Geneva. Um, it was just a really, and to do other work. And, yeah, that was 
definitely really fortunate. I just felt like I'd been plucked out of suburbia and dumped into this picture postcard land where I also got to work. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely a career a career highlight for sure. Always will be. And nothing I ever, and like working in a clinical situation out of university, wouldn't have ever dreamt that that was mm. even a remote possibility um, yeah. in my future. Yeah. yeah. Any other highlights come to mind? Um, I think the people that I've met along the way um, have been highlights. And I'm also just really lucky to have worked across so many different sectors. So clinical, I am really grateful for that grounding in clinical dietetics. I don't feel like it's a necessary step for people and I, I hate it when your graduates feel like that's the only place they can go is to a mm. hospital as their first stop. But having said that, I really think it did ground me. And when I look at myself as a new graduate, oh, my God, I was just so green and so inexperienced. I just uh, I really want to apologise to any clients I saw when I first graduated because I'm pretty sure the counselling sessions were, were shocking. Mm. Um, but you learnt so much. Then working in academic, loved that. And we, I guess another highlight, we got um, a university teaching award when we were at Deakin and then we got nominated for a national teaching award. So um, the teaching team trotted off to Canberra, to Parliament House, didn't win it, but anyway, got nominated. So that was a really good, I mean, I always thought that dietetic students were so keen and so, you know, wanting to, do well that anyone could really teach them but I think you know we'd introduced a new style of teaching and love that um, and that's when I did my master's of education um, which was really good too because then we got some publications out of it and it's nice to have sort of some publications when you're working in an academic environment that's about teaching and not just about sort of more clinical or public health research so yeah. you know they were also um, highlights as well. Yeah. And you did work in industry for many much of your career and the more recent parts of it. Um, I don't know if it was, I know when I was in industry, it was sort of like the dark side. I don't know if mm. you ever felt that way, but yeah. what Completely. would you tell other dietitians about working in industry? Well, it was funny. When I first started, I said it was a, a six-month contract. Um, it was 15 hours a week. And I sort of deliberated um, and thought, mm, can I do this? But, worth a go because it kind of married at that time that job was sort of training their sales reps doing that sort of education uh, and as well as developing some marketing materials and and some medical sort of marketing materials and so I felt like sort of a good combination of my clinical skills and my education skills uh, and then that obviously just kept it was continued for another two contracts and then went on to permanent and I think I loved it, to be honest. I really, really loved it. And I think when you start there, you will get dietitians or colleagues, not even necessarily dietitians, who feel like you are going to the dark side um, and that you're selling out to industry. Uh, and so I think if you're considering it, you have to be really comfortable with the industry that you're working in. So you have to be okay with what they're selling. I did feel okay with, you know, I felt like people were going to be using tube feeds and supplements and oral nutrition supplements. Um, and so we wanted to them to be used in the most appropriate fashion. Um, but it just, 
industry gave me incredible opportunities and working with people internationally. So you do a lot of work with regional teams. I got to do presentations in Philippines and Malaysia when they were doing some education um, activities. Got to work with um, European, US colleagues. I mean, it really expands your horizons in terms of the people you get to work with. That was amazing. Got to travel, which again um, was an incredible experience. I still sort of pinch myself that I got to do that um, and got some commercial business experience, which, you know, I think is really invaluable. I'm still pretty hopeless at that sort of side of it, but just being in meetings and hearing, you know, profit loss statements and, and how you're tracking is, is really fascinating. And the difference exchange rates make and all these sorts of things are, are really interesting. So yes, there are cons that you'll get some negativity, but, you know, as long as you feel like you're doing your bit and, you know, I've heard dietitians say that they feel like when they're working in even food companies, they're the sort of public health proponents within that food company to try and make the products better and reduce the salt and make them, you know, higher in star ratings. And, you know, everyone is entitled to their opinion about that. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. And I think we also were able to give dietitians opportunities you know, people that we worked with, they got to present at events, got to um, show dietitians other areas that they could work in, so marketing or sales. And also you have to give credit to these multinational companies. Career progression is a real thing and they're keen to progress you and develop you and they will financially support you to do, you know, those sorts of um, development courses and I think they're a lot more open to it than some of the more traditional healthcare settings, which obviously don't have the budget. So there's lots of pros um, mm. about working in an industry um, setting. Yeah. yeah. And I think to that point, you know, you can work in lots of different areas, like you can work in education or sales or marketing or regulatory or technology. Or, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of probably graduates don't even know what opportunities there are. And I know um, when I when I was at Nestle and working with some dietitians um, who weren't working, they were in clinical dietitians, they basically said, I don't even know your role existed. <laughs> I didn't know dietitians were in those sorts of roles. And, you know, in a lot of the big the sort of um, medical nutrition companies, there are actual medical affairs roles. So they're actually working on that education piece um, rather than the marketing. But there are a lot of dietitians working in the marketing and it's great to have dietitians there because they bring an understanding of the products mm -hmm. to it um, and sales as well. And some dietitians, you know, like when we're doing one-on-one -on -one counselling to a client, we're basically being salespeople. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly the same process. So, you know, some dietitians are very natural um, at, at selling as well. Mm -hmm. And it's great that, you know, as you said before, there's so many opportunities for dietitians. You just have to be aware of where they are and what they are. And given the breadth and depth of your career, there must have been some challenges along the way. Um, is there any learnings that you can share with the younger listeners to, you know, manage some of those? So I don't. I always think that the beauty about doing these conversations is hopefully other people can learn from our mistakes. I think you can forgive yourself because, as I said, like when I was a new graduate, oh heavens, I had I was living at home. I had gone straight from school to uni, still living at home. Cooking skills were 
terrible. Um, I just can't even imagine what sort of rubbish advice yeah, I gave same, same. to, to you know, people who are managing fuller lives than I had to worry about and just terrible. But but you learn from that and I think the self-reflection, and I know when we're at Deakin we always tried to get students to write reflective practice journals and I don't to this day, but you do need to reflect on what you're doing wherever that is and in industry as well. And I still, whenever, like at Nestle, we often ran events. At Deakin, we would sort of run some events, different type things for supervisors. Always nervous, always terrified that it was going to be a failure and no one had come and it was a problem. And they never have been. (laughs) So, you know, I think trust in your preparation and you do need to prepare. It takes a lot of preparation to do these things. so, and over time, you learn, I guess, where your skills actually are. Um, and I think, you know, you just need to, as I said, don't expect yourself to be perfect all the time. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, and as long as you don't keep making the same mistake um, and you're growing from it, then just have trust that you will mature um, and and get better at everything that you do. Mm. And I'm sure you've had some mentors along the way. Uh, is there anyone in particular that you wanted to acknowledge that's Yeah, a you? lot, mm-hmm. a lot. So I think when I was a deacon, um, a number of the um, people there were really great. Um, Carol Nelson, who then went on to be my PhD supervisor. Catherine Itziopoulos was looked up to there. Sue Milner was amazing at giving me opportunities and beyond deacon. Um, some of the sort of more um, business managers at Nestle Health Science um, who, again, gave me scope to do pretty much whatever I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, you, it's nice to know that you they, you have their faith. Um, and there's, I guess, so many people that have just role-modelled good professional practice, whether that's in business or dietetics, um, but the other people I really want to acknowledge are the students when I was um, at Deakin. Like some of them taught me so much and I look at what great things they're doing and that's probably the most rewarding thing of being in an academic environment is coming across the students now, ex-students who are real leaders in their field uh, and it's really impressive and you think, you know, they really struggled through one or two of their placements and it's still nice to see that once they're given the freedom to develop, they do develop. And also some of the new graduates that I've um, been lucky enough to mentor through the VA APD program who, again, are so professionally mature, like, again, way more than I was when I graduated, you know. They've really got a good head on their shoulders and, and they do teach me a lot as well. So, you know, I think just so many people that I've interacted with along the way have been really instrumental and also in giving you opportunities ongoing. So talking about the younger dietitians, is there any, is there one tip or any tips you'd give to someone that's just starting out and beginning their career? I think you need to be open to anything and I'm not a real risk taker. I wouldn't perceive myself as going out there and going, oh, yeah, I'm going to really break down the boundaries here. Um, but 
moving interstate a few times pushed me to change direction. I sort of wonder now if I hadn't moved interstate early on, um, whether I'd still be um, working in clinical dietetics. Maybe not. You, you never know. Um, and also make the most of any connections in your work. Um, like just I wouldn't say that I've ever been just given a job because I know someone but they give you insights into where jobs might be coming up. They put you in touch with people. And I think um, the door has been open for me often through networks. I've had to take the step and get through the door, mm. through the interview. But those sorts of networks are just so valuable. And even, you know, all of my jobs, like even going to, going to an expert to ask them a favour, if you've knowing them somewhere in the past then they're more than happy to help you out um so i think you know and be nice to people along the way because i have been interviewed by ex-students at an interview job interview so you never know where you're going to come across people again so always try and be as as nice and and accommodating as you can to the context um as you go through your path because you might be needing them again um someday so i think networks are just and they also make it so much more enjoyable like just make your career and your work life so enjoyable when you do develop those networks um and you know it's what often going to conferences is all about the content's great but it's always really great to catch up with people that you really only know through a work sense Um, yeah yeah and that's one of the things that i always admired about you was um the ease in which you do all of that um, me being the introvert yeah <laughs> you're just very good at yeah doing all of the networking and yeah with such ease it comes uh, very but you know you. I mean I still don't like just rocking up to someone at a conference and introducing myself and you know just making small talk it's it's difficult yeah. um but it's once you do have initial connection and it doesn't matter how tenuous that connection is make the most of it because I always think now if someone comes up to me and says, oh, we met somewhere, if I don't remember, like, that's fine. I'll make the effort to yeah. talk to them or whatever. You yeah. know, I don't have any issues with someone reaching yeah. out. So yeah. it's the other thing I think for young dietitians, reach out to people if you want yeah. some advice because the worst that can happen is that they won't answer you or you'll yeah. get a no, but yeah. they're never going to hold it against you. In fact, they'll probably forget <laughs> if yeah. you even ask them. So I wouldn't yeah. be too concerned about that. And they're more likely to say yes and you never know where that'll go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, make the most of those sorts of things. Mm. Be a bit bold. Mm. And it's be hard to pin this down over your career, but any funniest, weirdest, best moment uh, in, look, in that time, what would you say? The best is definitely graduating from PhD. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I remember going up and I was actually in tears from the moment we went in the procession to go up on stage and one of my sons said to me, you are the saddest looking PhD graduate I've ever seen. I said, I know, I just I couldn't believe that it was actually here. You know, I went to three of my son's graduations in that time while I was doing my PhD and watched the PhD candidates get their degree and just used to think, Oh, how am I ever going to get there? Like there's a couple of hundred thousand words between me and that <laughs> final step. I just don't know that I'm ever going to make it. So that would definitely stand out as the highlight 
um, in my career. And again, the low lights are those initial educations that I still look back on. And <laughs> I remember working in chronology and doing an amazing education in my mind um, with this guy. And of course, those days, I think they left with nothing except a diet sheet. You know, like you give them a handout, printed handout, and it was portions back then. You know, carbohydrate, ten gram portions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, I went through this whole education about the carbohydrates, the fats, and blah blah blah. And it was a young guy who was very sweet, and he goes, "So, what exactly is a carbohydrate?" And goes, oh my god! <laughs> okay, Jane, that was an excellent education <laughs> session. Clearly, never going to do anything based on yeah. that one. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think we were all been there. I think I pretty much failed a lot of my placement. Placements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hor- horrific, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> look, where, look where you are now. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, it's also a bittersweet moment because you are retiring, sadly, mm-hmm. I'm very happy for you, but it's very bittersweet and really sad and I'm going to miss you a great deal. Um, you know, you've brought so much to Dietitian Connection in such a very short time, although I can't believe it has been two and a half years or so. Um, but I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done for me and for Dietitian Connection. You were one of the early, you're going to make me get emotional now, but one <laughs> of the very early supporters of DC when it was still... Nobody really even knew what it was, but you took a risk and took a leap of faith and and supported us in the very early days, which I'm forever grateful for. And then to take that step to, you know, come from being a client to actually being part of the um, the DC team, which was like a dream come true for me, um, was, yeah, I'm just so grateful for everything that you've done over the years. And, you know, you've, you have so many talents and skills, but I know the team will miss um your you always make us laugh <laughs> well, people may not um miss this voice as we go further down you'll still get the voice for a while on podcasts yeah <laughs> but at some point you get a fresh voice yeah I and mean, you were definitely um you know as i said at the start the queen and extraordinaire of doing hosting podcasts and webinars um it has left a very big hole because nobody else on the team wants to wants to do it. So. That's why they might still see me for a bit. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you're just, yeah, effortless at anything to do with communication and, and relationships. So I know I speak on behalf of the whole team. Uh, we will miss you greatly and very sad to see you go, but we also wish you the very best for your retirement and You'll always be part of the DC family. Well, it's certainly been an enjoyable couple of years and uh, I will be thinking of you all as I um, refine my serve <laughs> and backhand. Yes, and don't send us the beach pina colada <laughs> photos. <laughs> Thanks, Marie. But thank you, Jane. Lovely to chat with you today and I'm glad that we were able to do this podcast and, and capture what you've brought to the not only to DC but to the dietetic profession over over your career, which is is a, you know a huge accomplishment with with your PhD in the papers and um, I know you're not fond of the early clinical days but <laughs> you know I'm sure you made a, a huge impact during those periods as well and to all the students that you've taught along the way I know there's many 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 of those who respect and admire you as well so um, a huge impact and it will be a great loss for the profession but 
wishing you all the best for your retirement. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Jane. And we look forward to seeing you on a future Dietitian Connection podcast. If you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review and a rating on the Apple Podcasts app. Tell us what you thought of this episode, what you learnt, and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We value hearing from you and we really appreciate your feedback. So please, please hit that review button.